Human design is an amalgamation of several facets of spirituality. The I Ching, astrology, chakras, Kabbalah, all combine beautifully into one system. Mary Rose and Mary Letitia have been exploring their own designs for the last year. This podcast is an extension of that exploration. Come learn, laugh, and grow with us as we become Guided by Design. Top of the morning to you, Mary. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing good. How about you? Oh, got my coffee. Can't complain. Just living that that Wednesday morning dream right now. I'm having one of those weeks where I kind of thought yesterday was Wednesday. So, like, oh, the double Wednesday week. Oh, there's nothing worse than two Wednesdays in one week. (laughs) I was telling Josh something yesterday and I was like, you know, because tomorrow's Thursday. He's like, no, it's not. (laughs) Can't it be? I'm ready for it to be Thursday. (laughs) Me too. So what have you been listening to this week? Oh, I honestly, let me look. I'm, well, of course I started listening to the new episode of, I saw what you did. Um, You know, honestly, I haven't really been listening to very much. My, my brain hasn't been in input mode in terms of my ears. Oh, I did read a book though. So I'll tell you, okay, I'm not listening to much, but I did read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab last week. And I had read another book by the same author a couple summers ago um, called A Darker Side of Magic. And it was really interesting and I I should reread it so I can read the second book because I bought it. but this one was just so strange. And I mean, if you if you go look at the, what the book is about, it's like a woman makes a, a, a deal. You know, I don't know if you like the reference to Faust and the idea that you sell your soul to the devil in exchange for something. Mm-hmm. And um, so she does make this deal and she'll basically kind of live forever, but no one will remember her. Like they'll meet her. And then as soon as they part, they have forgotten her. It could even be just like, they go to a different room and forget her. It's just, it's, it was fascinating. And I even explained it to my husband. I was like, let me tell you about this book that I just read. And he's like, that sounds weird. And I was like, I know it was weird, but I loved it. It was so good. I don't want you to give away the end, but I want to know without reading. <laughs> oh, I know. I, it, it's, yeah, it was a lot. It reminded me a little bit in terms of the way that it ended. I read the book a while ago called The Gods of Jade and Shadow. And that one was like Mexican folklore. It was super fascinating. Like I also fell in love with that book. Um, and it reminded me a little bit of that too. So anyways, I just, that was the, that was what I've had going on in my life was I kind of read this book and it just was like, I had to basically like shut off to everybody in my family on Sunday. Like I was reading it on the car on the way to and from, oh, actually just from the cross country meet. I tried to stay off my phone on the way to, um, but on the way from the cross country meet, 
home from it, I was reading it. And then all day Sunday until I finished, I was like, don't bug me. Don't ask me questions. Don't try to play with me. I am doing this. I am reading. <laughs> yep. That's funny. I haven't done much this week. Um, the end of last week, I found a new podcast called National Parks After Dark. And so I kind of binged that through the weekend. So I haven't even started on I Saw Pod or anything this week because I've been driving. So. Well, it's pretty good. I think that once you get to I Saw what you did um, so far, just even in the in the intro, I was cackling about something. I was also like, oh, there's something I need to suggest to them. And I can't even, like, off the top of my head, I don't remember what it is. I'll have to go back and re-listen. But it made me want to tag them in something, like, go and tag them and be like, no, you have to do this. This is the thing that you're that you're missing. But <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, just to, by way of quick introduction, because we realized uh, pretty recently that people still may not distinguish who we are by voice. I'm Mary Rose. And I'm Mary Letitia. <laughs> just so that you can start, uh, we want people to be able to know just upon hearing us who is who, but you know, we're not quite Karen and Georgie yet. So you have to, you have to know <laughs> who you're listening to for that to happen. Uh, so what's our topic going to be this week? Oh, so this, this week is a little bit about when life throws your curveballs and how human design can help us through that, even when we're having a hard time living within the design. Absolutely. Um, we both have kind of been, you know, throughout the last, well, I would say year, but it seems like just like with everything, like the waves of our emotional wave, um, life will be calm. You know, you'll kind of have some calm waters and then all of a sudden there will be some churn that happens. And so we've recently been experiencing a bit of the churn. I know Mary really feels it a lot because, you know, within her business, there's when like some, like one thing happens, then it's like a, you know, kind of a domino effect of, well, if this happens, then subsequently a few other things will happen. And then she's kind of left working a lot, doing a lot of work. Um, and there's a lot of stress involved. And then personally, I decided this week um, to start substitute teaching in my school district. And so that has been a little bit of like, even yesterday I was in bed by nine. Cause I was just like, I peopled all day. I'm going to people all day for the rest of the week. And I'm already getting notices from some other teachers, like some of the teachers that my kids have had that are like, Ooh, I'd love for you to come sub for me. And I'm like, okay, well this, my, my projectorness is like, m makes my nips hard to know that people are wanting to invite me. Inviting you straight in. <laughs> yep. And even the school I'm at said, we could, we could literally probably use you every single day. And I just, I have to also be very established in, I don't want to work full time for a reason. And well, it's very appealing to have like my calendar filled with, with work that I know, oh, I'll be paid for all of this work. I also need to be very cognizant of, I have other things, other irons in the fire. And if I don't, you know, establish those boundaries, I'm going to end up 
you know, not being able to do the things I want to do. And then kind of bitter about the fact that if human design fell to the side, if I wasn't doing my human design business, you know, I, that's, that's what I know I should be doing. So this is really just kind of to fill some time and help fill my pocketbook a little bit too. Well, and I think you feel a little deeper calling to it. I think that, you know, how needed this role is. You're aware how much our school districts are suffering right now from teachers being sick. I mean, this was a problem before the pandemic. And so now it's specifically relevant. And so I think that there's that part of it too. So don't, don't mitigate the spiritual piece of this that is, is good for you as well, which is the knowing that you're contributing to your community in a big way, because these children, I mean, like you said, on Monday, they were left with whoever had an open period came in and chilled with the class <laughs> versus yeah. having someone in the classroom who can help them at least move forward in whatever it is that they're doing. So I'm glad that you're going to establish some boundaries right away and that you're talking about it right away because, because you've built such good relationships with these teachers that your children have, have had through the years and being the president of the um yeah the the PTA, PTA for so long like people know you and so they hear that you're doing this and they are going to invite you over and over and over again you're going to get invited to to be a part of it because they know you as a human and they know that you're a good human and that you're going to do a really good job in whatever uh, teaching role you step yourself into. So I'm really excited for you for this, too, because I think it's a lot of growth opportunity and learning opportunity for the teacher inside of you. For that little guide inside of you. Yeah, you're right. There that, is, that's true. Yep. Yep. That gets to guide on a different level. You know what I mean? You're going to you're going to be able to establish some um some guiding even maybe when you're not invited and um, teenagers are in exceptionally, incredibly um, unique characters. And I think it's fun that you get to meet some of those middle schoolers and, and teenagers. And I, anyway, I think yeah, I admit, like, I really, I'm kind of proud of myself for the, what I chose, which was eighth grade science, because honestly, like, thinking about trying to work with kids that are younger right now, like especially for the first time out, I think it would have been a little overwhelming. I think, I think so needed, too. They, they can wipe their own ass, do their own thing, need very little actual teaching from me. I do want to just be more of like a, an authority figure. I even told my sister, my sister yesterday when I'd said this, I said, you know, somebody, I was just in the comments of my post about it and my sister said eighth grade science would be my dream job. And I said, I honestly had to establish dominance immediately. And I said, I may have channeled you just a little bit. <laughs> I think because, that's a really fun age too. Yeah, they're they're definitely like bound, you know, they know they know that what they can get away with a little bit, but they also I'm I'm not gonna be that person that's like no, you can't go to the bathroom. I mean, I was very good about only one person can go at a time. Only one person can go. <laughs> I was in eighth grade once. Thank you. I was in eighth grade once, yes, exactly. So, so um, you also with establishing some boundaries, you had had some uh, kind of a big win this weekend 
that um, I thought was great when you shared it with me. You were so proud of yourself. And I just, I think that's a good thing to talk about too, since you've had a bit of, um, you've been very short staffed at your business this last few weeks, you know, I wouldn't say weeks, but definitely in the last week to oh, two yeah, weeks. Been, I feel like it's been weeks. It has. I mean, my longest out employee has been out for over a month. Um, and then I have one that's been out for a week, two that have been out for a week. Yeah. So it's, it's been crazy understaffing and I have finally come to a point where I am able to say enough is enough. Like I've done what I can. And I feel like human design has been a huge part of that. Um, mainly because there are aspects of my business that I do really care about and enjoy. And there are aspects about the business that I have to let go of. Um, because I feel like the first, the first couple of years that I was doing this, it was really, really money focused. And the money focus was because we had payments to make. We have the initial payment and this balloon insurance payment to have to make. And so my focus was really as a generator, I've got to make sure that the, that this balances out in a way that we can still make payroll and make these payments. And so I was very blinded by that and really didn't take into consideration, um, even as I was learning human design, how this was affecting me physically and how that was going to manifest. And I, and I do feel like we watched it manifest in this shoulder injury and um, really making me, forcing me to take some time to say, you know, what are you capable of and what are, what do you have to put by the wayside here and there? Um, driving is absolutely a trigger for that. So the more time I spend behind the wheel, even though that is one of the aspects of the job that I enjoy, as far as the customer service part goes, I like short interactions with customers. I like that. I like helping the elderly get in and out of cars and get to their appointments on time and get home safely. I do really enjoy those aspects of the job, but physically it's killing me right now. Yeah. And part of that I do feel is us watching my body physically uh, barf out something that's going to make me slow down. That's going to make me take time to decide what's important and what's not, what I'm capable of and where I have to draw boundaries. So the boundary that Mary was talking about was kind of exciting because those important aspects of what I care about with my other business happened Monday through Friday. And I had already made a commitment to my ladies to do a, a fun team building type exercise on Saturday morning. And I knew I had to go in and work anyway because we are lacking drivers. So I got up at four o'clock in the morning. I did the morning time calls. But before I did that, I went straight to my other partner and I said, I made a commitment to people that I care about today and I have to uphold that commitment. And he looked at me and said, yes, you do. So you, you tell the dispatcher what you're capable of doing today. And I was so excited to also have his support in the fact that I'm drawing some boundaries. 
So I did. I just said, I have to be done by eight. I have to be able to be where I'm at by no later than like eight, 10. And I made it happen. And I told work I couldn't do it. I had commitment the next day to see my grandma and to take that great grandbaby to get five generation pictures, which not a lot of people get an opportunity to have in their lifetime. And this little girl has three sets of five generation just on her daddy's side. We have to get it done. Um, and I was able to keep that commitment too. And that commitment meant shutting down my business for a day because Josh also wanted to keep a commitment to himself, which was keeping Sundays for himself. Yep. And together, we decided that one Sunday isn't going to kill any of us to just close down for the day. It, there's not people going to medical appointments. For the most part, we're really just getting people back and forth to grocery stores. And I, as much as I know that that's needed as well, we needed the break and we totally took advantage of the break. And it was, it was fabulous. It was really, really nice to travel and no, I wasn't getting a call from work. Um, so. And I think that that's important. And it's, you know, if, if you do decide that you want to plan for that and really make those Sundays your day, you know, I think that no, like telling, having that posted as, you know, Sundays, unfortunately, if people know to expect that they're going to have to find a different ride to the store, then that's, the, I think that that's not, or they're now, especially for as much as it costs somebody to go to the store, so many people now have cell phones, they can do Instacart, they can do grocery delivery. It's not impossible now for people to get that done or ask someone like a neighbor, mm -hmm. hey, I, I don't have a smartphone. Can you help me get an order place because I need groceries today? Um but yeah, I think that that's really important. And I mean, we are living in a modern age and I know that you, your services are so necessary, but at the same time, um, you have, yeah, you have to, you have to, you, this is not New York city. Mm -mm. And you know, that that's, I think the, the big reminder is that it's a lot slower here and people can plan a little bit better if they need to be able to do things on Saturday instead of Sunday or Monday instead of Sunday. Yeah. So um, another piece of kind of things going a little bit wonky or sideways is that, you know, a lot of times we might get hit with confrontation. That's another piece of, I think of what's been going on for me the last couple of days and, you know, not, I'm not going to be someone who's like airing a bunch of personal shit on our podcast. But, you know, I think that one of the things that Mary and I have been kind of talking about too is um, interactions with people around us and how, how human design kind of gives us some guidance there because, you know, especially when dealing with, I deal with a lot of generators and manifesting generators in my life. And what I have seen, and this is my observation, is that someone who, of course, has no awareness of human design, maybe doesn't need any awareness of it, is fast to react, but not as, as aware of being able to pause before responding. Like that's what I, what I was kind of getting from someone in my sphere was, it, the immediate reaction to feeling like I was doing something to them 
was to get very angry and lash out. And, you know, and kind of looking back, back retrospectively, nothing that I was saying in this situation was accusational at all. Nothing that I had said previous to like the, the confrontation that was happening, nothing that I'd said was accusational. It was fa just factual. This is, this is just the information that is needed. And that's all I was giving. But, you know, I think that that's the thing. And I read this in my quit like a woman book that I'm going to share because I love this book so much. And uh, we were just talking about this chapter last night is it was about cravings and, you know, someone, she said that so she heard someone say, and this is like a, a Buddhist nun had explained that no emotion lasts longer than 90 seconds. And that in this case, it applies to cravings because when we want something, we want it so bad for about 90 seconds. Um, but the piece that really kind of stuck with me, what prolongs them isn't emotional wiring gone awry, but the stories we lay on top of them that keeps our brain brains dumping more than more of those chemicals into our system. A prolonged emotional experience is the result of the stories we keep alive in our heads. So it's like taking what someone says at face value means that you might be angry for 90 seconds, but then it's really the stories that we build around everything about that. And I, it was just a really interesting reminder for me is that, you know, there's usually sometimes months, if not years, if not a lifetime of history with people where the stories that they have about things that you've said in the past or things that they've said in the past, all of those things come into play. And I, I, I just was a really interesting reminder to me, like someone else's prolonged emotional experience is about the stories that they're telling themselves. It really has very little to do with the actual in the moment interaction that they're having and everything to do with all of the, the stories that they're telling themselves, whether they're real or not. And I don't have to change that story for anybody. No, you don't. I, and I, I'm glad that you brought this up because I also had a conflict within the last month that I have really, really stepped into the waiting to respond um, piece because I do keep telling myself a story about that interaction and I really need, need to decide what the facts are about that interaction and what I want because there's no doubt that this person's going to be in my life in the future. So I have to now really, really with this narrative that I've told myself and I've kept myself emotionally charged for almost a month based on what I've told myself about this interaction, because it really did like hit me in the emotions. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I really have to figure out what boundaries I'm going to draw going forward with this situation. Because like I said, this person's going to be in my life, whether or not I like it, and I'm going to have to have interactions, but I just, and so I'm really, I'm proud of myself for not responding because I can also be a super emotional responder. And after reading through your interactions this week, it was really clear that that's what you had done. You weren't, you weren't 
talking on the cuff of emotion. You absolutely stated facts. And when she came back with the motion, you stated facts. <laughs> so, I mean, like you said, you can't change the narrative that they're telling themselves, but you can stick with your fact-based boundary setting in order to move forward. Absolutely. And it's, and you know, the same with your interaction and my interaction is like, is it important? I, this is where I really struggle. Is it important for someone to understand how they've uh, fucked around and found out? I mean, that's the thing. I really want people to know this is what you did. <laughs> that was, I think, the biggest piece for me is that at one point, you know, that I, I, I stopped you know, I drafted a whole, like I did, I drafted a whole response. Mary read it. Cause I was just like, I need you, you know, I just need your perspective. That's, I think the best thing about having a best friend that, that will read your text messages before you send them. And, you know, it's not that you thought that there was anything out of line about what I was saying, but I wrote all this out and this is typically how it goes. You write it all out. And just that process of writing it all out is is more important than than pushing send. Mm -hmm. Saying all the things that you need to say is 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 more important than the person that you need to say them to hearing it or getting that message, because um, and that was kind of you know the realization is that so often we want to defend ourselves against someone else's perceptions of us, and you know I guess the thing that I'm kind of reconciling is that. My life has been very peaceful for the last couple of months since I've I've been really distancing myself from people that energetically, maybe I love them, maybe they love me, but that I, I I've I've drawn some some boundaries around myself and my life has been so peaceful. I'm around the people that truly want me in their lives and don't make it feel like an obligation on either end. And that is priceless to me. And that I, I guess that's the thing is that I can't say that that's the same kind of peace that someone else feels and that there's should be some compassion there that maybe I was more peaceful part of their lives that now they don't have. And it brought up, Oh, I love Sam Zagar so much. She's so incredible. But one of the things I remember her saying is that a projector's power is their attention. That is our, and when we withdraw our attention, it's kind of like taking sunlight away from a plant. And it's not out of spite that I remove my sunlight. It's because, you know, I think that if someone is tapping my shoulder and saying, can you, can you give me a little bit of that sunshine because I need it, or I recognize your abilities and your power, that's great. That, that means that we're in a reciprocal relationship. Um, but the same way that I think of it kind of like, am I, am I put, putting my sunshine on a verdant meadow or am I trying to put my sunshine on a desert? The desert is going to be a desert, whether I'm shining my light on it or not. So I, I choose verdant fields and greenery and plants and chlorophyll and, you know, things that grow, things that grow. <laughs> I, I'm really interested in things that grow. 
And I realize that there are plants in a desert, so don't come at me with your ecosystem knowledge, y'all. <laughs> but I will just say, I think that that's been kind of a good realization for me is that I'm putting my attention where um, it feels recognized and invited. And if that's, if that means that people feel like they're, they're, they don't get as much of me, it's like, okay, well, I, you're probably right. And if that's the case, you need to decide how you're going to approach me and saying that you want more of me telling me that you miss me. That's oh, one of my biggest pet peeves. Now you don't have to miss me. If you miss me, you're choosing to miss me. I'm here. I've always been here and people that want me don't ever miss me. So do you have a classic response to that? Oh, well, I haven't heard. I miss. Usually I'll say you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to miss me. Like that's I, I and I did. I have actually said that to someone before when um, they said I miss you. And I'm like, well, you don't have to. I mean, you can you can be just as. um you know, I especially, and sometimes I wonder, and I will just be really honest. Sometimes I wonder if I take my waiting for the invitation too literally, um, because there are like people that I know that are other projectors, but you know, the thing is, is like, even my other projector friends, they engage with me. Their curiosity is what engages with me more so than just waiting for me to invite them. Cause if projectors are waiting for each other to invite each other, we'll probably be waiting. Waiting forever. But, you know, I, I go where I feel that there's openness. I go where I know that it's welcome. And sometimes I don't go where I know that it's welcome. Maybe out of spite. I'm not going to say I'm not a spiteful person by nature because I'm a Sagittarius and a Scorpio moon. So um, I know myself well enough to know that sometimes it is. But it's also, it has been something I've been aware of. There's some self-protection there. There is some self-protection of my energy. And also with my open G center, I, I found out recently, it's like, I've looked so much outside of myself and then shaped myself into other people's personalities that I tend to really hold back from trying to initiate in relationships where I really took on someone's personality at some point more so than was able to be myself. Um, and some of those are like, you know, old relationships, old friendships, um, but now, you know, I'm feeling my way through that and deciding sometimes I get interactions from some of those people that I really love. And, um, I think that that's, that's good. And then, but I just, I don't find myself trying to engage as much, but like, again, Mary and I were a, a generator projector combination. And like, I call Mary and check in with her, you know, that's, I think where we, we've established such an open dialogue in our relationship and that I always feel like she is my open she is open to me even when she hasn't invited me to call her she doesn't say like you need to you should call me today I'm just like oh I haven't talked to Mary all day I want to check in and see how she's doing so I feel like there are people that I I don't need to receive any invitation from to know I can I can call and just vent or ask how they are and and do that um and know that it's appreciated. Always, because it's always open. The invitation is always open. Exactly. So how are you with establishing your boundaries and kind of what's been going on? Because every day it seems like there's kind of been a new piece of struggle thrown onto your plate. So what are well, some 
some ways that you're activating some things to help deal with those every single day? Well, really just establishing what I'm capable of doing and what I'm not. Because I really, I said this to somebody I was talking on the phone with yesterday, like I'm not only a generator, but I've been very conditioned by my boomer parents to bust through. You just work. Like, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's hard and sometimes physically you hurt and sometimes you, you just gotta work through it. Um, but I think human design is, is really helping me take a step back and going, mm, really, do you have to do all the things all the time? Is, is that really how this works? Or can you let go of a few things? And, and where do you s establish those boundaries? Like, where does business need and, and my personal life begin and, and my rest time and my catch up time? So I feel like I have been every day having to kind of reestablish those lines. Like, okay, um, I, I, I won't drive after dark. I just, I can't. I'll drive in the morning in the dark. I don't know what the difference is in my eyes, but it is a difference that like the sun setting does something to me. And so that's a line I have to draw. I, I cannot be in an accident. So I really need to be like, okay, it's like 20 minutes to dark. I need to get off the road. And that's yeah. happening earlier and earlier. So that's actually helpful. Um, but, but really establishing that I can't do all of it all the time. I, I got home from, you know, a pretty long shift, probably seven, eight hours yesterday. And then I tried to work on a couple other things that I'm really far behind on. And I was doing some Pomodoros because that works, you know, taking a break. Although I was taking 15 minute breaks afterwards, my, my shoulders killing me after all that driving. And I got through one and a half Pomodoros and I usually don't ever stop like in the middle of one, but it, it was like nine o'clock at night. I was like, you woke up really feeling shitty this morning. You woke up with a headache. You couldn't even have your meeting with Mary. Like you, you slept on and off until you had to go into work. Like your body's probably telling you that you should get established rest. So I shut everything down, put everything away and started my nighttime routine so that I could be in bed by 10 and be up and feel better this morning. Um, I'm not sure what that headache was yesterday. It was very alarming. Um, but today I feel better because I think I took that time to say enough is enough. Now it's time to rest. Um, sometimes I have a hard time establishing when enough is enough. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I literally have to go until I drop. And, and now that I can see some analogies in my mind about that, like my son used to do that. Like literally he would like just physically go and then the second he would sit down, <laughs> yeah. like, fall asleep. And I feel like my generator self has a tendency to do that. And I need to consciously remember how much energy I'm, I'm using when I'm doing things that aren't physical, but that also adds up to a, 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 a limit. I need to stop and, and rest. And so... I feel like that's that's part of it. Um, the weekend is with I've got one employee coming back, so um, the weekend's looking a little shinier. But I'm not afraid to just say I'm not working on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I have an opportunity to spend the whole day with my grandbaby, 
and help my kids out for a day while they're doing what they do at an auction. And honestly, I'm really excited to see them do what they do at an auction. So it's kind of like going to any other event that your kids are doing, you know, but um, so I'm really excited about it. And I just reestablished the last two days, even though shit's going awry, that Saturday is off limits. Like I will not be available Saturday. So be prepared to be available on Saturday. Yeah. And life goes on. And yeah. I think that that's the important piece is that, like we said, you know, I think that that's also you've kind of had to beat back some of the scarcity mindset of what happens when you miss those opportunities. It's like, listen, you don't lose, a, you know, you don't lose all of your customers for being closed for a day. Mm -mm. I mean, anything what we're seeing maybe not all, I think all over the country, but especially in Montana is that there are a lot of businesses that are short staffed. There are signs up everywhere saying, you know, due to being short staffed, there is, we, you know, production is affected. Being able to go into a lobby when we were in Bozeman, the lobby of McDonald's was closed and not, it's not that way everywhere, but it's there in, in specific places. And so, um, you know, take it's like take advantage of the fact that it's happening all over and, you know, people are just having to figure it out. And, you know, if, if someone doesn't have any other opportunity than the one that you provide, that's really not specifically your fault, nor is it your problem to solve. No, no. And, and I had a gal in the cab yesterday who was like, well, all these medical facilities need to get together and have a shuttle system. I said, most of them do have shuttles. I said, most of your assisted living facilities, I know a lot of these places have shuttles. They don't have employees to drive them. And she goes, oh, I said, all these pretty hotels, look at them. They have beautiful shuttles in front of them. One out of every 15 has a person to drive it. Yep. Usually that person is a person who's already doing something else. So that shuttle doesn't run all the time. It runs when that person is available to run it. Like everybody is short staffed. I mean, just driving from one end of town to the other, I think I counted 35 signs. Help wanted, starting out at this wage. I mean, the minimum I seen was 14 bucks an hour. But everybody is hiring everybody is short staff there's not a single employer within our community that is not low on employees and i know that this is a sign of what we've talked about earlier and how people are finding different ways to work mm -hmm. i'm not sure how these other establishments that run by physical you know people physically doing are going to continue to run like that's that's a question for the future like how are these businesses that a whole generation doesn't, they don't want to, and that's okay. I mean, they, they are finding different ways evidently to make money and to be able to work or establish a different work relationship, but what's going to happen in the meantime. Yep. Making everybody's coffees. Yep, exactly. It's like, and I've said this before, there's a lot of industries that have been built around use, you know, that, that there are businesses where, you know, when you look, like, I love small businesses where you know that the employees are, or the employers are part of your local community. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they're not living in a mansion. They're not, 
you know, basically living a lifestyle that, you know, but then you, you look at like hotel chains that have executives that make, you know, I'm not saying millions of dollars, but I am saying that like, there are a lot of the corporate structures now that you're going to see those industries, especially fast food. It's like people can cook at home and they're probably finding that a lot of it's convenient to be able to run to Hardee's and get yourself a biscuit sandwich, which is some of my friends this morning messaged me and said, I've just got this. I'm thinking about a Hardee's biscuit sandwich, Um, but he's eating fruit and it's not nearly as satisfying. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. Fruit, you know, the grocery stores, I know we, we seem to see a lot. The groceries are still on the shelf and, you know, they're able to keep employees because that is kind of the necessity. And I think that they're seeing that even if they are short staffed, grocery stores are staying open. Fast food is not. That is where I'm, I am noticing that difference is that the, the industries that I frequent, I haven't noticed that that crunch because I am cooking my own food and I'm making my own coffee. And so a lot of those places that are, that are finding it harder and harder, it's because people are doing what I'm doing and they're taking care of themselves and entire corporations have been built around convenience versus actual need. And I think that that's going to be where things get a little bit hairier, but I appreciate what you do. I think that, you know, especially, and we didn't really like overtly say that Mary drives cabs, but you know, if you aren't supporting your local cab companies, you probably should be because Uber drivers, I get it. You know, they're local people to your community, but local cab companies are employing local employees. Um, They're not, you know, they're providing services to to grandparents to the people that don't have smartphones to be able to to book an Uber or a Lyft, and also to the folks that need to get to their medical appointments, dialysis, um, the VA, you know, just getting to and from the doctors. If you have grandparents in your life, you should be, you know, supporting your local cab company as much as possible. If they still exist. There's a lot of them that don't exist anymore because of this. So <laughs> I think that I mean, supporting all of your local businesses is, is very important, but I do feel the importance because we are supporting a generation that doesn't have smartphones. That's not in the mode of being able to order their transportation online. Absolutely. We forget that that's the fact that there's still people writing checks for things, everybody. That's pretty crazy, but it's true. (laughs) But it's true. So we'll we'll keep uh up to date on on how we're working through this energetically i think that like just being open about it and talking about it is super helpful too because um it can get very easy to get very entrenched in what we do each and every day and why we have to do it and we know the why's and we somewhat know the hows but you know the the understanding that we need those breaks we need rest we need boundaries. All of those things is, is equally important. So anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? I think we're wrapping it up with a nice little bow. I appreciate the experience today. I think it was great. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate you and we will see you next time. Bye.